Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. On Thursday, May 28th, Wait Forward Technologies will release the fifth installment of the Shantae series entitled Shantae and the Seven Sirens to all major gaming platforms. It is my great pleasure to introduce the creative director of Wait Forward as well as the director of and co-create. Well, I can say co-creator. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, co-creator of the Shantae series <laughs> to talk about the game. Uh, as well as the 30th anniversary of Wave Forward Technologies. Folks, please give a warm welcome to Matt Bozen to Talk Time Live. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, how are you? Um, it's my, uh, doing th- all things considered, with every stupid thing going on in this world, I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yep. So We're just all working from home these days. So I hear you. So before – and, and – Let's just segue right into that real quick. I mean, before we even get into any of the other fun stuff, um, I would be remiss to ask, how are you and your family doing during this stupid, crazy pandemic right now? Oh, we're we're good. We're good. It's fun. We're having a good time, and everyone's, uh, you know, just kind of got a, got our their own that we go to, and we're all doing our our day job, and then having fun at night. It's kind of I don't know. It's I'm enjoying it actually because I like spending more time at home than in the office so it's cool and i have a little mini way forward here because my wife erin and my son luke are here uh, my daughter uh bryn is off off site but she's an animator my son's in the qa here and my wife is the uh co-creator of shantae so we have a little mini way forward here in the house now so speaking it's, of that, it's pretty again, cool we're going to segue into that now before we even talk about the seven sirens can you talk and let our listeners know about the origin of how you and your wife brought the shantae character to life Sure. Um, yeah. And it's funny because we keep trying to figure it out ourselves because we're um, as we as we go. I don't know. I mean, it's it's been uh, 20, I think, 25 years now since Shantae was created. It was um, 1994. We, we think we're pretty sure 1994. We know that certain things like, all right, it was after Super Metroid, but it was, um, you know, before other games. We'll kind of try to get get an idea because we never we don't have like a one day that we can find where um, Aaron created the character and then we wrote down a date. So we're not really sure. Um, but a lot of things that were going around at the time, we can, we can kind of figure it out. So um, yeah, the um, gosh, what was going on back then? Uh, <laughs> so we had, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, and if I get too, too crazy and off base for, um, you know, for the people listening, just stop me. Cause I might need to be stopped. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
I guess it was it would have been 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just kind of we're both Cal Arts animators, me and Aaron, mm-hmm. and um, we're dating time and uh, I think engaged. Yeah, we would have been engaged at that time. Um, and so a lot of friends were coming up with TV shows or pitches, things they wanted to, to do. So at Cal, it's like, oh, what are you going to do after college? What what show are you going to pitch? Are you going to pitch a show to a studio? Right. And uh, a lot of our buddies were doing that. And so our thing was um, was doing video game pitches because we thought that was fun and we did a little bit of freelance work with games. So, um, so Aaron's thing was, Hey, I want to do this, this female character that whips with her hair and, and can dance and, you know, maybe summon animals or, uh, entrance them or ride them or, you know, eventually became turned into them. So she had this idea going on and, uh, we, um, we went and put a, you know, put a proposal together and pitched it around, um, on and off. And then, uh, later ended up that, um, me, Aaron, and the guy who, who was helping us with the programming originally, mm-hmm. um, his name is Jimmy Huey. Mm-hmm. The three of us who had pitched it in the past all were then later working at Way Forward. This would have been maybe six years later. Right. And that's when Game Boy Color was about to launch. And so we kind of dredged that back up. And our CEO there um, at, at Way Forward was like, hey, what about that game that you guys were working on before? Maybe it's time to resurrect that thing and, and, and try it again. So it had been pitched and... Um, kind of iterated on it started as a super nintendo game that was a pc game and then it finally became something more um, substantial when it was a game boy color game but all of these concepts kind of shifted around they weren't it wasn't always the exact same idea so if you see weird old art you're like what's that weird art Uh, um that's probably from some idea that got left by the wayside right so that's kind of how it came about this aaron aaron's creation and i was kind of like support guy so she'd have a character and i'm like all right well um, here's a world that that character can live in. Here's some supporting characters and here's a bad guy, you know, um, stuff like that. So I like to think of it as it's, it's like her character, um, kind of trapped in, in my, uh, brain space. Right. That makes sense. No, it does. It does. So was the plan for way forward to make Shantae the flagship game, uh, series for way forward leading to other titles that was created later on? No, not really. That was kind of an organic thing. So what, what happened there is, um, Gosh, let's see. So way forward back way forward is yeah, 30 years old now. Um, and it was very PC focused. Like uh, everything was, it started as three and a quarter or even heck five inch floppy disc games, right. then three and a quarter inch floppy disc games. Um, <laughs> and then as it went into super Nintendo game boy console, all that kind of stuff. Um, my, my department, I guess I want to say department, um, way forward was something like 30 people back then. So my department of two, or and eventually became four or five people. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing handhold stuff because we just loved Nintendo. So most of the company was doing PC, and we loved the Nintendo stuff. Well, as you know, the industry shifted pretty heavily around Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and then you know Nintendo DS was just massive. During that shift, our our little our, our little group of a few people kind of became the um, you know grew grew bigger and bigger as more of WayForward's work became handheld based instead of um, you know PC kind of dropped off for a bit there after the CD-ROM boom and all that. Right. So um, I'm talking a lot of a lot of game industry um, history here, but that's kind of how it all happened. So as we needed more handheld work, you know, we're, pre- we're predominantly a work-for-hire game studio. Hmm. We need more jobs, and they look at our stuff, and they go, oh, this Shantae game stands out. Well, it stood out because we had put so many years of work into it. It was dis- disproportionately uh, polished. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd spent so long on it. And so they're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. This is really cool. But wow, that Shantae game, can we hire you guys to make a game kind of like that? And so we started getting a lot of work that way. And then years later, as work would kind of, you know, start to peter off a little bit, um, 
you know, it started to become evident that, hey, we need another Shantae. We need to we need to put another one out there. We need another calling card. And so that's kind of what what led to this this cycle. You'd see a new Shantae game about every, I don't know, maybe every five or six years there would be an attempt to make another one. And it would tend to coincide with the um, the, the shifting of, of game consoles. You know, they tend to, to, to run their course after a certain number of years. Right. So that's why there tends to be one Shantae per um, console cycle. I see. So fans will finally get their hands on the follow-up to the very fun, beautifully developed and designed Shantae Half-Genie Hero, which I absolutely enjoyed immeasurably, uh, with Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which first appeared on iOS last September, uh, will now be released for the Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox this Thursday. Can you tell our listeners what... uh, who have yet to play it, myself included, um, as to what we can expect, especially in comparison to the previous titles. Sure. Okay. Um, so the I'll, I'll try to be succinct because I'm going to cover all of the previous games really quickly. <laughs> so there are five Shantae games. The first three are pixel-based games. They're on Game Boy Color and then Nintendo DS, and then uh, the third one was on 3DS. And then those games have been ported in a bunch of places. Um, and then the fourth one, the one you were just mentioning, Half Genie Hero, that's the game that was our HD, uh, Shantae HD debut. So that's the one that was on PS4, Xbox, um, and and uh, Wii U and PC. So this new one is kind of a, oh, and the, I'm sorry, that that um, fourth game, Half Genie Hero, was the first not, non, um, you know, Metroidvania type game. So instead of a big interconnected world yeah. um, that you'd kind of move about and explore and expand on this big adventure, Half Genie Hero is more single stages that you could revisit and there'd be some changes in them, but it was a bit more linear gameplay, almost like a Mega Man type game, as right. I guess what I compare yeah, it to. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but this new one, since the, um, that we did that in that way, because the huge leap to being a consoles first game, uh-huh. you know, instead of handheld and, and HD artwork and all, all like, um, hand drawn and hand painted backgrounds and all that stuff. Um, we we did it to be a bit more conservative because everything else was very high risk. Yeah. So we're like, well, for the design of this game, we're going to keep it a little more reined in. So, um, and and people have loved that game. There's been a lot of of you know positive comments about it. But the, the thing we hear a lot is, yeah, but it's too bad it doesn't have that that Zelda formula where it's you know it, it's been compared. Um, Shantae games, the previous three were you know often compared to Zelda like or Castlevania type mm-hmm. of games where it's like a side view game but you cross a big interconnected land you find a labyrinth you go in there you solve puzzles you fight a boss you come out of there with some new ability and then you can expand the world sometimes visit another town yeah. those are just grandiose huge adventures well that's what everybody wanted um and so with this game we're like all right we're going to go back to that style but instead of what we did in the first um you know, like say maybe in the second and third game, we'll try to go back a little bit more to what the first game had, which was an even bigger world with multiple towns and really kind of spread the, spread it out. Yeah. So um, yeah, you can expect a, a a bigger game, and by bigger game, I'm, I'm really talking about the game world. So it's a large world, and and as you as you explore it, you you start getting into labyrinths that are standalone, completely self-contained, separate adventures, and solving those. So it's a bit more like um, a bit more like the third game, really, right. and and the first game. Eh, it's like all three of the first games, kind of, you know, best of best of all of those ideas. Right. What was the strategy behind releasing the game on iOS first 
as opposed to maybe even Steam or just letting out to the major consoles? Was this like a tester, so to speak? Um, well, not really. It was a kind of a um, kind of just a uh, gosh, what we call it, like a side effect of how the the whole um, Apple situation unfolded. So we were so we wanted to do a fifth game. And we knew we knew we were because we already knew what fans wanted. We were going to build something um, tile based and with a big sprawling world, like I just mentioned. So yes. that's why um, if you if you seen screenshots or ever seen the game in action, you notice that it's like, oh, it's a bunch of um, flat layered image, kind of more like a, a old school side scroller than a built out 3D polygonal world like Half Genie Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're already on that path, and and something that's very typical of WayForward um, original stuff is we, we build enough game that we can shop it around because we are you know generally we gotta we gotta find partners um, for for the development. So that's always been the case. And in um, the fourth game we went to Kickstarter and uh, and fans funded it. In this case we were shopping the game all around and. Um, the uh, in in the uh, with the Apple thing is we're like hey here's a game where we've got a you know enough to show as we're showing it to all our regular partners mm-hmm. um, we got wind of Apple Arcade we're like hey could maybe this could be an Apple Arcade game as well this seems like cool so we showed it to Apple and like oh we really like this we'd like this to be on our platform right um, and so you know there's so like some of the details I'm kind of just skipping over. Um, the more the more the uh, the business particulars, but right, right. the um, but the the way that the way that went is we committed to getting them a game for launch, launch of what we weren't completely sure because Apple Arcade was still getting formed, so we're like, all right, um, with the uh, you know we knew there was a about the same amount of time we need to develop the game made sense, so our plan going into it was it was going to launch on everything, so we were thinking of this as it's a console development, but in real time we're going to port it to all the all the platforms that Apple Arcade is going to support, which was kind of a uh, a moving target for us because we weren't really sure. Right. And which, as it turns out, it was you know Mac and uh, iPad and um, uh, in addition to iPhone and then also Apple TV, which right. each of those has their own distinct challenge. So once we started getting closer to Apple Arcade details, are starting to lock in, and it's like, oh, it's going to launch. Um, in uh, in September of you know the previous September, right. uh, you know we started realizing we're not going to make it in time for their launch. So we kind of had to make a decision of well you know we promised them we would be there for launch. Um, are we going to go back on that and keep it a all consoles at the same time, or do we just do something else? So we just decided to split the game in half, which is a very odd decision for a, a Metroidvania type of game, yeah. which I, I you know freely admit that's very unusual. Um, but it did work well for their platform because it it's uh, it did launch. You were able to play the first half of it, and then like a lot of mobile mobile style of um, like the way content is often delivered, we're able to update it over time and add more content. But on the console side, I think people are like, "What are you guys doing? Um, where's the game? You you know, we've never done something like that before." Mm-hmm. And uh, and we realized that threw them off. We had a lot of questions that we had to answer <laughs> in, in social media. What are you doing? Is this a mobile game? Um, like, no, it's not really a mobile game. Is it in a mobile game engine? No, it's in the same engine. It's WayForward Engine. It's the same thing as you played last time as far as engine is concerned. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know it's kind of like a long-winded way to say. Oh, no, um, no, we need to know. Was, yeah, it was, <laughs> but there's a lot of circumstances and just being as fluid as we could because yeah. we wanted to be good partners. And and um, and there were, there were definitely moments there where we're like, oh, if we, you know, how, how do we – how do we explain this to fans at, at this moment in time? But I think now that we're, uh, you know, to explain where we are now, 
now Apple Arcade and consoles and everything is just the one game. So the concept of a part one and part two on Apple, um, hey, some updates were done. I don't know if you heard weird beeps. Right. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, heard now, it here it's, first. now it's okay. <laughs> Photoshop is updated. Hooray. Um, so, uh, yeah, but now it's just one game, um, as, as it was intended and it's, and you can play it anywhere. So right. the benefit to playing it on Apple arcade, I, I haven't gone out of my way too much to, you know, I figure a lot of our existing fan base is, um, Nintendo. Cause that's where Ashante has lived the longest and that's where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is, I, I got to say, it's amazing on an iPad Pro. Um, I don't play a lot of games on iPad. I use it more for other stuff. Um, I, draw on do it. I. I do have an iPad Pro myself, uh, the recent yeah. version, too. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dedicate myself to only using this for design purposes and not gaming purposes. But I did first play Shanti on uh, on on an iOS, on like the, the phone and the pad. So it was really yeah. almost hard for me not to get it. Cool. <laughs> Did you, out of curiosity, did you use the, did you use the controller, or did you use, um, or were you on touch controls? I was, I was, oh, I was yeah? going to ask you about that too. Uh, I used the, uh, mm-hmm. virtual controls, which were fluid to me at uh, when I was playing them at the time. So yeah, thanks. They're they're pretty good, and they got improved significantly. We updated them a couple of times. Yeah. Um, the team, I think, did a really nice job of getting a very complex control scheme on on touch controls. Yeah. Um, but something that really, so me, really, you, you were like one of the, as far as I know, I, I could be wrong, but. You know, when I first started with the iPhones and, and, you know, mobile games became a big thing, and I'm talking way back when, like, Infinity Blade was out and all that, you know, they, you know, when Cher was doing that, you know, that was a whole new thing for people to really get adjusted to and assimilate to. And I always felt that, like, you guys did pretty good with your games as far as that, because otherwise I wouldn't be buying multiple after that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we we uh i mean there you know it's not always perfect it's a tough it's a tough thing to um it's one of the hardest things really with mobile mobile games if you're trying to make i don't know wherever you get a traditional type console game crossing over yeah and the expectations already exist that it should control in a certain way that's where it's very difficult um but if you can design for mobile up front great and in this case we were able to um do a little bit of both because we already had mobility that we built on console right we're like all right how can we translate this over and it went pretty pretty well um the reason i'm asking is this is this was for the first time since i've been developing on on apple products this was the first time that you could actually use um xbox series x controller or the the playstation um right because i do yeah uh, i have my, one of my i have one of my uh dual shocks connected to it especially when i use it for uh the, for the playstation app uh-huh so yeah, it, it it comes in handy. Yeah, being able to use that either of those controllers because I I'm picky with controllers. I mean I'm a controller snob. It's like <laughs> okay, I only like a couple of them. Um, yeah, I get I get really nasty with controllers. <laughs> I, I, I used to be a, like really big on Mad Cat's controllers back in the day, and and then um, also uh, Longitech afterwards. We're making some really good controllers. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm I am too. I kind of get you on it. Yeah, I'll buy I'll I'll maybe buy a, a Hori third party controller, yes. but I won't touch anything else. It's like <laughs> nope, give me a. Give me a Super Nintendo controller, or I like the DualShock, and I'm good with the, the Xbox Series X is what I use for most of my daily daily work. But right. those that controller playing on an iPad Pro, I think I have the same one you have, the um, and I use it mostly for drawing. Yeah. Um, but playing it on there, I mean, that's it's. I don't think it's not quite a 4K resolution, but those are those are powerful machines. Yeah, they are. Um, and it's and and the game looks amazing on it. So, you know, if you want to see. 
Shantae um, at the highest resolution possible, it's going to be PS4. Um, it's 4K, you know, hand-drawn 4K, which yeah. is well, that was a whole whole other challenge. My gosh. <laughs> um, and then if you um, if you want to see, there were some other interesting things with the because it was Apple Arcade yeah. and console kind of development together is. Um, you know, the ratio, so 16.9 is the default for everything, right? Yeah. Um, so that's your PlayStation 4 and your Switch and your Xbox and, and PC and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the iPad Pro is um, taller, so it's got more more space at the yeah. top and bottom. So the way we built it was, um, you know, if you're playing it on on a iPad Pro, you just see a more on the top and bottom. I mean, same gameplay, but you're just seeing some extra kind of filler art. Yeah. Um, so... You know the the consoles 16.9 is not missing anything. In fact, we built to the 16.9, and then we would switch it over and go. All right, here are some gaps. So it's like, all right, a little more, you know, some more bricks, some more plants, more 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 dirt under the ground filling in these spaces. But it's pretty cool. And and same with iPhone uh, X or 10. Um, you you know, it's wider. It's even wider than 16.9. So you get a little bit of extra stuff on the side. So really, really interesting. We haven't had to deal with that in a in a very long time. I think maybe the jump from 3DS to Wii U was probably the last time we had to worry about screen ratios. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I went off on a big old thing. We're but it all stayed in. It. You kept it good. Oh. It was all still within. Oh, good. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess in the end, um, the game, yeah, now it, I'll be happy now, with the, now that the game is everywhere because I, you know, I like, especially, my gosh, the, the I think I had a lot of, um, of, of concern over, or, or just kind of day to day, like oh my gosh, all right, the people who 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 funded Half Genie Hero, you know, we know who they are and and in what numbers and how many of them prefer which console over which other one. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, gosh, these people who are the uh, the really hardcore fans who funded the previous game, I know that a lot of them are just sitting and waiting patiently for you know six months or so um, for this game to launch. And and I know a lot of them are they they won't go play part one on Apple Arcade. They're like, no, I want to play the entire thing, so I'm just going to wait, I'm going to wait. Right. And we see those messages. Thank you for, if, you, if you're <laughs> one of those people listening, thank you for waiting and thank you for being patient. And, you know, I try not to get too much in, into all the businessy stuff, but, right. um, you know, purely from the creative side, this was a great scenario because it allowed us to make it a, a fantastic game. And um, really, this was one of the shorter gaps between Shantae games that we've ever had, so I'm extremely grateful for it. Right. So uh, yeah, I hope I hope you you know everyone gets to enjoy it now. Like get your hands on it and play it. I'm sure they will. So with other popular and legendary you know side scroller uh, scrolling platforms like Super Mario, uh, Mega Man, Sonic out there, for instance, um, what was the general idea for to make Shanti the Shanti series stand out from all the rest? Because it managed it somehow managed to do that. <laughs> and it still have some type of foundation and mainstay within all of those. Um, that's a good question. I, I, it's, um, sometimes if I'm, I work with a lot of other directors and designers and we, a lot of times I find myself giving advice, um, where, where it's like, oh, don't just combine, you know, these things that have already been seen in another game, right. come up with something that's a little more unique. And then I immediately turn around and, and feel totally sheepish because that's what Shantae is. Um, the Shantae, the core Shantae design is just, it's it's like a Castlevania character in a side view Zelda formula as yeah. far as the world is concerned. Mm-hmm. And there's other influences too. I mean, obviously, if you look at it, right. there's there's Metroid and and um, uh, you know, there's probably some Mega Man in there as far as what how enemies behave and and things like that. Right. Um, 
so it's you know I can't I can't really say that the gameplay component of it is totally unique. It's really a a, a mishmash of a bunch of other already popular things. Right. Um, so I don't want to overinflate it and say that there's some kind of genius at work here with John. <laughs> because I don't, I don't think there that there is. I think there's a lot of. I think that I think the specialness comes from her, um, because she's. Um, I feel like that character is is very special. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's what made it stand out at the beginning was, you know, what is this? And a lot of the questions we we had to ask at the beginning, I think, were kind of what defined. Um, what it became. So, you know, we're pitching it at a time when it looked like I thought Castlevania games were just going to go away. They, they were starting to shift into, um, into completely other, you know, Castlevania kind of, I don't know how familiar you are with, with, with Castlevania, but it kind of shifted, right? Oh, like no, it, it I, was, I own the like recent, what was the last one on a 3DS? Uh, it was like a 3D God of War, yeah. you know, 3D platformer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they were all very consistent in what they wanted to be for a long period of time. And they went from that arcade style to, um, the like more adventure RPG style, but then then they kind of just seemed like they were going to disappear for a bit. Um, and so it was in between the Game Boy and, and the Game Boy Advance where we thought, you know, we were you get really particular about it. There was Castlevania Legend, wait, no, Castlevania Legends, the one with so- Sophia. Is that do I have it right? There's a there was a female lead character on Black and White Game Boy, yeah. and at that time I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is this is going in a neat direction. Um, and then it, it seemed as though the series just paused. And I remember reading a bunch of the, um, the press, you know, in the day and in interviews, and it seemed like Castlevania was maybe not sure if it was a, a future or where it was going to go. And then right. that game was, you know, retconned out of existence or something. Anyway, during that time, this is when, you know, it was still pre, pre, you know, what you now would call the indie movement. So I, I don't know. You got this weird middle space. And I think we were just looking for, to fill a gap. I, I figured there weren't any more of these games coming. You know, we were seeing things on Neo Geo where it's like, or Neo Geo Pocket, sorry, yeah. where you've got things like Metal Slug uh. getting squeezed down into, into three color sprites. We're like, wow, you could do, you could do so much. We got to, um, we started getting really excited about pushing animation right. and, and taking some, um, it's funny. And now I would call it old school sensibilities, but I guess <laughs> current at the time, but, but on course for extinction You're game, right. gameplay styles. Right. Um, that we're like, how do we pick, you know, like we want to carry the torch, I guess. And so I think Shantae became kind of synonymous with all of those things. So now, now I see a lot of games that are homages to something or other and they're great. I, and I, I love so many of them. They're, they're awesome. Um, but I think that's what, I think that's maybe what Shantae was at the beginning was, Hey, you got the, you got the merits of a female character, which was highly unusual at the time. Right. Um, and then it was kind of doing homage to lots of different gameplay types. Um, but uh, I don't know if it was a plan. It's just every time that Jimmy, the the programmer on it, he would he would kind of every every few weeks or or months of development, he would kind of pause and say, "Hey, the goal is still to push it further than anything that has ever been achieved on this hardware, right? Right. Like, or are we trying to get it done and ship it? I'm like, no. Let's see. If, I'm like, why? Why are you asking that? He's like, well, I came up with a way to do parallax scrolling on a Game Boy. I'm like, well, that's impossible. And he's like, well, look, I figured out a way to do it. And he showed me an example. And he's like, it's fake, but it looks real. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. So each that that kind of I feel like that kind of helps explain what we would do. Like he would find a way to push some threshold further. Like, hey, instead of three color sprites, I found a way to give you 12 color sprites. Oh, my gosh. So are we going to reanimate all these sprites? 
oh yeah, let's do it. Let's like, let's, let's tear it all down and do it again. So I think it was just the pursuit of making the best, most polished thing we could. And, and that, I think that, mm, I think Shantae just being attached to that mindset is what's bringing it for a long time, among other things. I mean, the, the characters are really fun and, and, you know, you, you, there's so many, there's so many contributions people have made over the years to, you know, like an amazing background here or an incredible character design or some just beautiful piece of key art or, yeah. or some animation that just sticks in your head that you just, it's like, um, just, uh, legendary, like uh, Roddy Tops is, um, idle animation. It's like these types of th- things seem to just always be there, but each, each little one of them seems like it's somebody wanting to just show what they're like, what they're capable of. Right. Like, Hey, I want to demonstrate the best I'm po- I could possibly do. And they know that on the Shantae game, they can do it. So they, kind of pour it all into one moment and you get so many of those moments together that you just get this really cool, uh, awesome thing. So yeah, I don't know. And, and I ramble. So the Shantae so. series over the years has evolved greatly, but one thing that always stands out to me with every Shantae game is the balance of character development fun and lighthearted narrative Saturday. I call it Saturday morning cartoon narrative art design and gameplay. So with that, like what would you say is the most important aspect of developing that game? Hmm. That's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I, I think <laughs> you, 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 yeah, kind of, I mean, you got, okay. So I'll, I've almost got to think through which things could you remove and have it still be a Shantae game. Right. So, um, with uh with this new game Seven Sirens, one of the things we tried was, hey, you know, belly dance, that's like the core concept. Yeah. All the previous games were based around she dances and transforms into a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm already not 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 correct there. The third game really wasn't. Um but you know, can the can the game survive without dance as its core mechanic? Is there a way to make it more of an immediate gameplay um, you know, transforming by like fully integrating it into a moveset? Mm-hmm. Um so as I, as you pull things out, I'm like, I, I'm not really sure. Like, that's so core to gameplay. Um, but like, okay, like if Shantae was, uh, people have said, hey, are you going to make a kart race or, or something? Um, I don't know. Pro- probably not, but <laughs> let's say we did. Um, I feel like you could still get a lot of the elements, the characters, the, like you said, the Saturday morning cartoon feel and humor and lightheartedness. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe you could and it would still be, um, it would still feel like Shantae. I think maybe in this in in this day and age, excuse me, having characters that are as um, you know bright and colorful, which is kind of unusual in in today's gaming landscape. Um, you know, bright and colorful, happy. You know, generally all the messages in the game is lighthearted and um, and and fun. It's fun filled. You know, everything in there. Um, I I think yeah, I think you could trans. I think you could transfer a lot of the kind of the core stuff into different gaming genres or maybe into, um, into other, under other areas and not lose it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Does she have to whip with her hair? Um, no, but she probably should. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the music we've, we've shifted musical styles a few times. It still does feel like Shantae. Right. We've changed art style, um, with every, every game pretty much. And they still feel like her. So, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. That was a really good question. You stumped me on that. <laughs> I t- well, the good part is each of those elements that I mentioned evolves even better every single time, and that's what I, I think what I appreciate the most about the game. And just when I get into it, it, it's just. I mean, especially like I said, like you said, the last game it was just. It was. It was a game. It was you guys 
stepping into a whole new level of what you've already done and then to enjoy it with the character direction and the, you know, the, the little lighthearted jokes and the personalities and the memorable personalities too. And I think that's one thing to make important uh, to mention, uh, which I think is important is that it's not only that you have these characters, but they're memorable characters. Like if I've watched mm-hmm. the, if I played the last game prior to uh, have Gene hero, which was uh what pirates, uh not pirates revenge. Yeah. It was pirates curse. Yeah, it was pirates curse. Yeah. And yeah. then I go back into this new one and see them all vibrant and new and, you know, everything's just a new coat of paint, but it's the same quality personalities and characters. You know, that that to me is a great job done, <laughs> in my opinion. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what would you say is your favorite character in the series? Uh, well, um, OK, so Shante is, my, I'm sure, is my favorite just because everything is built around her and, and it's all – you know that she's kind of the um, the whole purpose for everything. Yeah. But if you take her away, like let's say I can't I can't say Shante, then I would pick Roddy Tops. Mm-hmm. Um, the and probably the reason for that is um, that's my character. So like Aaron created Shante. I think for me, um, uh, I think Roddy Tops is is kind of like a way for me to have a character that I can go in and like mess with her character. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I really enjoy, but I like risky I like risky boots as well. Um, I'm, Sky is one that I have always struggling. I feel like Sky has the most kind of character development that could still happen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and I like Bolo a lot, uh, obviously. So I I think I like all of these characters. I like the I I like the way they work. Um, I like the way they work with Shantae. So right. everything is kind of a, a, a you know, if there's the the wagon wheel and and she's the hub and they're all spokes, they most of them have their their relationship defined by her. Um, but um, you know, beyond that, then we're trying to connect here and there um, relationships between each character. But since it's not a comic or a, or a novel or a TV show, there are fewer opportunities. I mean, every time we build one of those moments, the gameplay has to kind of stop. Right. Um, which we try not to do. We want, want to keep the gameplay moving and we don't want to shove words in the player's mouth. We want them to be able to be, you know, they play as Shantae, they should get to be her. So when she stops and starts speaking for herself, it, it can kind of be weird if it happens at the wrong time. So, right. um, yeah, all, all that to say, I really enjoy the interactions between Shantae and Roddy Tops. <laughs> I really like the interactions between Shantae and Bolo. Yeah. Um, the, the ones between write, writing them, because I write all of this stuff as well, um, writing dialogue between Shantae and Risky Boots is the hardest. Really? That, yeah, that <laughs> kills me. Every that's time like protagonist a, antagonist. I figured it would be, it would be easy swoop. <laughs> they, they, they're they so hard because the um, a lot of times their dialogue, and this is probably because it's video games, um, yeah. their dialogue is almost always centered on some pivotal moment where you have to explain to the character or to the player what their motivation is and why they either, Hey, here's the crime that's been committed and here's why you want to play the game. Right. Here's what's wrong and here's what you want to set right. And then each time there's an encounter with risky boots, it's here's what you thought you knew, but here's the new information <laughs> or um, here's how far along you are in your quest. Right. And, or like just acting as sort of a gauge. So there's, so it's never just straight dialogue. Right. Well, it, it can be, but a lot of cases it's, um, it's dialogue where Risky is explaining something to Shantae, but she's also kind of also she's also explaining it to the player or Shantae's replies have something to do with giving the player information they need to understand where they're going to go next. It's generally not able to be just 
dialogue for dialogue's sake. And so it gets really tough. I rewrite their, their dialogue, um, more than any of the others. Like I, a lot of them just flow easily and they're, they're funny and feel spontaneous. And the Shantae and Risky Boots ones can feel really like, I don't know. If you ever, if you ever play any of the past Shantae games and get a sense that they've been, um, iterated on more times that's that's the case <laughs> so, i don't know wait, what, about, be, what about when you actually wrote specifically for risky boots because you there was a whole entire storyline that was created for her yeah that was actually really easy i don't know why um <laughs> all the, those dlc modes were easy because i i think maybe i didn't freak myself out so much because i figured all right a lot of these things are either non non-canon because they're kind of what if situations right um and and the risky boots one was a was a flat out lie. It's risky telling <laughs> telling the player the story from her perspective. It's like that one Batman episode of animated series where everybody's got their own perspective on yes, how the how the, the situation. Yeah, uh, uh, poker game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that was direct inspiration for that for that risky boots the way uh, the way that was done. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm like, all right, I've seen this done correctly. Let me see if I can, you know, give it a shot here. And you know, it was all right. <laughs> so, but I think getting getting there's more opportunities for funny stuff. That, that game is also more linear, so it's like, hey, well, look, they're going to talk, and whatever happens, you're going on to the next stage. Right. Um, if it was, they're going to talk, and the next thing you need to you need to know is, um, hey, a new items in your inventory, so you got to check that and make sure you're delivering it to the next person and don't get lost or uh, things like that. It could it could get tricky, but I think um, trying to trying to bring it back. Um, I like uh, I really like um, I, I really like Roddy Tops. I think there's something about that character that I just think is so neat. Um, and uh, I like I like that um, you know the the I like the visual design of her, um, and I like I like the character because it's not it's not on the surface with her. Yeah. Um, Sky is a little easier. She's a big sister. Bolo is uh, kind of a, um, almost like a sibling. Like yeah. a, um, you know, it's like, hey, I want to, I want to be like you, and I'm not able to, like, constantly trying to keep up. But always getting uh, himself into something stupid. Yeah, he's <laughs> and and those are fun scenarios to write. Um, Roddy Tops is more of just like a, a like an attention starved. It's like a person who's attention starved, but she's she really should be, you know. Um, uh, she's in a position where she could be a, a better friend than she is. So getting to write someone who can kind of mess us up mm-hmm. is is fun and neat. So you get a lot of opportunities to build sympathy for her, and and it's 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 fun. I like it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like I like that character. So when it comes to the overall success of the game series over the years, especially, like, what are you most proud of? Ooh, wow, uh, that's really tough. Um. Okay, so well, my my background's in character animation, so my uh, my I, I think I get most excited when I see uh, when I just see characters come to life, either because the player is controlling them, and it's like, oh wow, it's happening. It's it's it went from a bunch of ideas to it's live, and it's actually, yeah. um, it's 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 like this. It feels very real and tangible. Um, I also get really excited when I see artists interpreting the character in their own way. I think that's really, really cool. Um, especially when it comes together to be like, wow, this is what the next game is going to look like. I'm starting to get really excited because it's hard to let go of what it looked like before. And then you start getting used to the new look. Um, I, I definitely had that with the, the studio trigger stuff. Um, 
you know, Aaron and I got to work on that. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, that opening for the game. Um, but, uh, have, have you seen that? Cause it's not actually in the, um, Apple arcade version until the, the next update. No, I um, haven't yet. Like I haven't, so, I've refrained from watching or, uh, seeing or doing early plays or anything. Cause I just want to enjoy it. Um, for what it is when it comes out and just, cause I heard so much new things and nuances to this version that I'm looking forward to. Okay. Yeah. So we've got, um, yeah, and it's either the next one or a future, a future update. Um, but it'll be on the consoles and then the Apple Arcade will get an update around the same time then to get all the versions in parity. But, um, we did a promotional type of video with, um, Studio Trigger, you know, who did Kill a Kill and yeah. the, the Promare, the Promare movie. So they did a nice short, just, like really exciting animated thing for for Shantae and it's um it's just incredible it's on YouTube um if you just search Shantae and Studio oh, Trigger you'll find that. you'll find it right away and um wow watching them take that character and just break that model and I mean that character is they did it in a very, very much in their own style which is what we we asked for they're like oh are we sticking to the, your designs and we're like no no do you do the trigger thing like, like you did kill a you know, kill man you do whatever right. you want yeah yeah and it and it, it's yeah and I, I you know breaking model meaning basically like do whatever you need to do to make it move flu- like we understand how motion works like every yeah. freeze frame is not, not going to look like a pristine drawing um and wow, they did, and it's amazing. Um, so I get really excited about stuff like that. But it's it's funny. Like I'll, I'll also get um, really happy when I see um, most of the Chante teams have been a different team every time. Mm-hmm. So there there been there's definitely crossover. You'll have programmers who worked on a previous game or, or an animator or two. But generally speaking, it's a lot of new people. Um, some of them are kind of cutting their teeth on it. Um, but what I, what I get really um, really happy about is it, I, I guess I feel like it kind of validates Shantae as a series when people can come onto the project and we can make a new Shantae game that feels like it can stand side by side with the previous ones, even though it's a, a new group of people. Right. Um, because I'm like, okay, they're, they're getting it or, and then, and then usually what'll happen is then they start to bring their own, their own abilities into it. And so you end up with um, like in seven sirens, just like in the, in the previous games, there are things in there that I would not, I like, I wouldn't have specifically designed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody had a job to do and they, they did something creative and interesting with it. That was something I never would have thought of. And it's so, it's so fun to see that happen. So I guess, um, I guess to, to try to put an answer to that, uh, the development process, I, I just really like it. And I'm very, I'm very happy with the development process when it goes in a way where people can, and, um, can join the team, be really creative, and then in the end they can get very close to the to the audience right. instead of being working from some kind of a of a blueprint where it's like yeah just you know hey put the dump the art into the art bucket until the art bucket's full and then it'll don't worry about where it goes we'll take care of that um, I I really like it when someone can uh, more directly entertain the audience because that's why I like video games I like it because you are you are you are so close to the people that you're entertaining. Um, it's just very fulfilling. So I guess I like it when other people get to do the same thing. And I like when they join a Shantae project and then they get to experience that for themselves. So, um, and I hope they all do. I I don't know if everybody, if everybody does, um, if anybody on the team is listening to this one, I hope they, I hope everybody had a good time and (laughs) feel like they got to make a meaningful contribution because I I just love everything everybody's made. And I think the, uh, your, your fan base absolutely loves it too. Myself included. I just, I mean, this is why you're here. 
<laughs> oh, thanks. Like Thank it, you. it is, it yeah, is totally I, a pleasure to even have you here. And by the way, I got a couple more questions, but. In the meantime, I do want to thank you for being on the show because as a fan of Way Forward and everything that they've done and then the Shantae series as well and what you and your family have done is just – it's an honor. Absolutely honor to have you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. So Way Forward is celebrating its 30th anniversary and has since seen many great milestones in its timeline. Uh from original IPs like the Shante series, uh, Mighty Switch Force, Cat Girl Without Solid, love that title, uh, to licensed games like DuckTales Remastered, which I'm sorry to say this, but I am hoping that one day this ends up, that game comes on a, a Switch, <laughs> knock on wood, to Marvel and DC titles alone, and one of my favorite games last year, 2019's River City Girls, with oh, nice, nice. works. Uh just to name a few, because <laughs> there's a long list, people. Yep. With the thirty it is. with the thirty year list of titles, uh, and your involvement in it, what would you say is, is the best way to describe the company's continued success? Oh wow. Um, okay. Uh, well. <laughs> okay. This, uh, that's tough. Um, so I think from a okay, really quick from a business perspective, I think the reason that the company has been around so long because it's one of one of or maybe the oldest indie studio. Whoops, I almost knocked something over. Um, I don't know if that's true. I know Naughty Dog has been around for around the same amount of time. Right. But you know we're an individual, we're an independent company owned by Voldy. Voldy Way is our owner. Way as in Way Forward. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's his. It's his company. He's been risking it all all of this time. Um. I think I would have to say the the success of the company is because of him and the way that he the way that he allows people to um, pursue passion. So he will make business decisions and financial decisions and and um, a lot of this stuff based on what people are excited about doing and what they want to do. Um, and and you can imagine there's some chaos in there. There definitely is. Um, right. And and I think between the pursuit of of, of people and their passions and what they, what they like and what they're excited about. And then he, he's also very, uh, just extremely interested in technology. You know, sometimes we're, our actual company name is way forward technologies, right. but for branding purposes, we just, we just go by way forward, but right. you know, it's a technology company first and foremost. Um, he is so interested in where the industry is going next and, and, and always been like a pioneer of, of technology. So I think that because we're always adapting and shifting, like, you know, I've been here for 25 years I don't feel like I've worked at one job. I feel like I've worked for 20 different employers because the industry is constantly shifting uh-huh. and he, he will so, so quickly be excited for the next thing that you're always moving into new territory. And I think that's why, um, I think the company is able to sur- survive so long because it's a, a very quick to adapt. Yeah. Um, but then when you take that and you combine it with the passion of, of people and how we're, we're so, um, excited and focused on, characters and animation and, and building worlds and, um, you know, kind of expressing a, a lot of our, our imaginations through it. I think those pair up really well. So I, I, I think that it's a complicated answer, but I think that's the reason, um, the way forward has been able to be around so long. And I think that's very core to, to its DNA is, um, you know, characters, it's kind of a cross section of characters and animation and storytelling and then technology and where's it going next and how can we, um, put those things together. That oh, makes sense so. to me. <laughs> so my final question, and I asked, I, I, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Adam Tyranny and uh, Bannon uh, Rudis last year when I oh, interviewed no. him for okay. River City Girls. 
I mean, you guys are really killing it with these games in a, in a sense. Uh, <laughs> you guys are killing these games in a sense of like, you know, just giving them its own personality and entity in themselves. But um, I asked them about River City Girls last year, and uh, has there been any talks in reference to the Shantae series right now mm-hmm. of expanding it to maybe an animated series or anything other forms outside of the normal genre? Yeah, there, yeah, there has. Um, so it's funny. So River City Girls and Shantae are both kind of interesting examples. Um, like uh, Switch Force is something that was made. Mighty Switch Force was built inside of Way Forward, mm-hmm. um, and and it it lives in in the company. Um, River City Girls, as you know, it's like an arc. Uh, brand, um, but it's way forward's interpretation of an arc brand, right? Of the um, kind of but like any, yeah, it would, it would be done with with in cooperation with Arc. Um, Shantae is kind of a, a funny one because it's a, a it's a me and Aaron, you know, kind of like as licensors, but then me working at Way Forward, and so if I guess what I'm getting around to is, um, yeah, if we ever did any of those things, we definitely want to do them, but they'll. If there was a book or a comic or a TV show, any of that kind of stuff, it'll go more through me and Aaron most likely as the licensor. Um, but we're super interested in, in doing that. Uh, and then I don't know, maybe you'd see new games based on wherever that would go. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Um, I don't know if you'd start seeing influence from TV moving into the games, or if right. more likely it'd be the other way around because all of the content and, and all the characters and their relationships are going to find in the game. So, um, I I don't know. That's a, that's a great question, but, um, I'd love to see, um, I, if you look at that, that at some point, um, check out that studio trigger, um, Shante intro. It's fantastic. If there was a way interview, you, you, you intrigued me enough. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I would love, yeah. And it doesn't spoil anything. It doesn't have any of the content Mm -hmm. of seven sirens in it. It's more of a, Hey, if you don't know these characters, here's a really fast, uh, introduction to to the main cast, you know, real quickly. You just like right. see them all and kind of do their thing. Go, oh, this world, I kind of get it now. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do something like that. Um, you know, I don't know when we're gonna find the time. We're so we're so busy all the time. Right. Um, but I, I yeah, I hope I hope one day we could do. A, it'd be really fun to. Um, do a, do a show. Every time I play Shanti, I feel like I'm watching or enjoying a in like a classic quality. Saturday morning cartoon. When I played River City Girls, I was like, "This needs to be on Adult Swim." <laughs> yeah, it's, that's really funny. Yeah, a lot of that is also just the the directors and the um the talent that you're Absolutely. you know the, the, and great, the act, great actors like, as well playing those roles too. I got to add that on. Yep, oh, they're so they're so good. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, and Adam, you know, Adam writes for for TV for animation too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he directs games the way forward. But he also um has some some writing um credits. And uh, yeah, and then you got like these awesome um, industry voice actors that are just just fantastic. So I think if we had that for Shantae, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. And you know, we just need to I don't know maybe maybe take a little break and and focus on that. Right. But it, it's hard to do when you want to just kind of jump into the next <laughs> game too. So I don't know. We need to, like a cloning machine at this point. I mean, if you could do it, it'd be awesome because I think it'll be a great way to expand the the. Uh, you know, demographic, if you will, and yeah. it'll yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll all just come together. In my opinion, I think it, I think it'll be awesome to see. And uh, man, it could be to see Shantae as a household name. 
in the next few years of not only just hardcore fans but casuals. Yeah, I would love it. I'd love to get in in contact with some more um, some more TV folks. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we can get that to happen someday. Because um, yeah, the character man after this game after Seven Sirens, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but their the character roster increases significantly. Each game has brought in a lot more characters. I'm at the point now where there's not time to put all characters in all games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely, it, it feels like a, um, yeah, if it's like a cell that wants to divide, it's, it's kind of reaching that point where it's like, all right, are we ever going to get, are we going to get more time with these characters? Well, they're going to need their own moment, their own story or their own uh, side adventure somehow to kind of dig at, dig at that more. Right. Um, you'll see that. I think you'll get a sense of that after you finish the game. It's like, wow, this is Shantae world. has got bigger um, again. Like it got, it, it got bigger the last couple of games and then it's happened again. So yeah, I would love to do it. And way forward loves um, the loves character animation. We've done like on river city girls. That intro for that game is fantastic. The music and everything. It just, it, it immediately. Drew so me in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. So I'm hoping we can do more and more of that. Um, and uh, as far as like, you know, river city girls specifically, I'm not sure. I think that would have to be done with, with, um, with arc. I think. Yeah. Somehow, uh, with Shantae, it will be done with us. Um, with with something like uh, like a cat girl, that would be up entirely the way forward. Um, yeah. So uh, it just kind of depends. But we're all super easy going people. So <laughs> I think. Well, I'll tell you this: if I tell you this, between having a new game coming out in the, f- in the next few years or that uh, animation come out, would definitely love to have you back on to talk about that because it'll be, I guarantee you, to be awesome. Uh, thank you cool. so much for being on the show. Uh, it's, it's yeah. been, I really enjoyed myself. And again, I, like I said, it's, it was an honor to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks. So Yeah, thanks next? so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. What is next for Way Forward? And uh, will COVID-19 have any effect on your progress from this point on? Got it. Um, well, we're doing great as an off-site studio. Um, so we've got uh, 150 plus people. We're all working from home. It's going great. Communication is good. We are fortunate to be in the type of industry that you can do kind of from your from your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's good. Nothing is slowing down. I think we're we've all adapted pretty nicely. So if this continues, I don't know weeks or, or months. I, I don't know what the future holds, but um, we'll still be we'll still be doing what we're doing. I don't think you're going to see a shortage of way forward products. You know, a year from now. Yeah. Um, this past year was crazy, and then suddenly it's just all this good stuff. You, you probably noticed it's just tons of products coming up from us and a lot of new original games. Yeah. Same thing is still is, is on track to happen um, for the, the following year. So uh, I don't know. The, things, the future is bright here. So I, I just hope everyone stays safe and healthy. And so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Definitely. <laughs> so, folks, there you have it. This Thursday, May 28th, Way Forward Technologies will be releasing Shantae's new game, uh, Shantae and the Seven Sirens, on all major platforms. It, definitely go out of your way to check it out, get it, and enjoy it as much as I do. Matt, thank you again for being on the show. Um, before we let you go, please let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find Way Forward, and where they can find all of these great games that you guys make. All right, sure. Um, yeah, Way Forward, you can go to wayforward.com. You can follow Way Forward on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we have links to a lot of the products in our uh, Way Forward Tube channel. Um, if you look at the tra- trailers, we'll always link to the products in there. And um, and our, our Twitter account is very active. We're always linking to things if there's discounts or stuff on sale or any updates. We, we're always on top of it. 
Right. And for me, I'm uh, Mr. Boson at Twitter. You can find me there. Um, so it'd be fun to see. You know, I love when you guys share fan art and stories about um, about the games and stuff. It's awesome. So thanks. All right. Thank you so much, folks. I hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Talk Time Live exclusive on behalf of myself and Mr. Matt Bozen. All I got to say is learn to let go, live life and love all things anime, comics, movies and games. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. People continue to stay safe and enjoy it all. Take care. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.